Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Come on, come on. We got some of the greatest people loving on our kids. You know, uh, it's always amazing just to see how people respond. And, you know, like our kids downstairs, uh, our kids over in our other ministry, obviously they're with us today in the auditorium. But uh, again, just to see how our kids love church and how their lives are being impacted because of people. And again, just, man, it's good to be in church this morning. Amen. Well, hey, listen, I've uh, got just kind of a, a one and done kind of message this morning. Obviously, you see that I got several things up here, and I'll get to them in just a little bit just to help you understand. And again, I'm one of those kind of visual guys. Obviously, I said I like talking with my hands, and sometimes I might use some props, and the props kind of help me. And somebody says, are we going to have one of those Gallagher moments? You know, if you know Gallagher, he was the guy that always broke the, uh, the, the watermelons with the mallets, you know. And so if you didn't bring your parkas, then you're in trouble. Uh, another guy that asked me, he says, you know, what's all that up there? I said, well, I said, uh, it's in proportion to the auditorium. I said, I'm throwing things this morning. I said, so this goes to this side. So whoever's on that side. And I said, this is for the center section. I said, and this goes over to this side. I don't know why I put it on that side, but, you know, just <laughs> anyways. But, hey, this morning I want to talk to you about the power of the seed. The power of the seed, and uh, it is very significant. The Bible talks a lot about seed. It talks about really the power of the seed, and God has a biblical principle, and there's a spiritual law concerning seed, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But, you know, just one of the things that kind of triggered this message was uh, just in the last couple weeks, uh, just kind of observing people, and I just, I'm a people watcher, uh, you might be able as well, just kind of watching them interact or see how husbands and wives or men and women act with one another or with their kids or things of that nature, uh, or, or uh, how, how, how people act, you know, when they treat the, the person at the checkout counter, or just, just their demeanor altogether. And, and so the other day I was in Walmart doing some shopping, and I saw this gentleman, and this gentleman was kind of, uh, he was probably in his 30s. And just as he was walking, you could tell that he was just kind of an impoverished gentleman. And not that there's anything wrong with, with that, but just to his to me, he was impoverished in the sense of what he was wearing. Uh, kind of a, a raggedy shirt and just his, his posture was kind of just frumped over as he's walking through the store. Hair kind of greasy and, and uh, I was just looking at him and just watching him as he is walking through the store. And then there was a woman that joined up with him in just a, a short while and I assume now again based upon the appearance and based upon the age, I made the assumption that the woman was probably his mother. And so they're walking through the store, and as I'm watching them as well, I'm looking at the mother, and the mother is real kind of raggedy in her dress, and her posture is kind of the same way. And, uh, you know, her hair is kind of slicked back, kind of greasy, missing a few teeth kind of thing. And, and as I'm looking at that, I'm saying, God, I said, that's his mom, and again, as you begin to recognize just people in general, how many of you realize that the apple don't fall far from the tree? You know, whatever you are, your kids tend to be like you. 
like it or not, <laughs> they turn out to be like you. You're like, man, I don't like the way they're responding to me. Well, it's probably because you respond that way to them, right? But nevertheless, I said to the Lord, I said, God, I said, it's just not fair. I said, because if that was the life that he grew up in, I said, how come he's got to be that way? And the Lord said to me right there in the store, God said, everything reproduces after its own kind. And it's a spiritual law, it's a spiritual principle, and we'll get to that in just a minute in Genesis. And I said, okay, I get that, Lord. It's a, it's a spiritual law that everything reproduces after its own kind. But then I started thinking about different things in, in regards to people. And I said, God, I said, you know, there are people that have had handicaps and they have struggles in their life. And I said, you know, when it comes to the struggles in their life, if you start to look at their, their parents as well, those physical struggles or whatever it might be that, they, that they're handicapped with, I said, a lot of times their parents are the same way. And I said, God, that is is not fair. I realize everything reproduces after its own kind. I said, but that's just not fair. Why is it that just because the mom and dad struggle with that or have that ailment, why is it that they're just destined to have that as well? And then the Lord quickly responded to me and says, that's the curse of the fall. You see, God never intended for us to be imperfect people. And so God said, the imperfection in which you see is really the curse of the fall in the earth. You know, so many people say, well, how come bad things happen if God is such a good God? Because the earth is in a fallen state, right? And he said, because of the curse of the fall, you see these things, and as a result, everything reproduces after its own kind. And once again, if you just take a look around, have you ever noticed there's those people that just have good genetics? You know, I mean, it's like they're pretty people, and they put out pretty kids, and their kids become pretty people. It's just like something wrong with that, you know. <laughs> you know, you, Miss, Miss GQ, or Mr. GQ and Mrs. Cosmopolitan or whatever the magazines are, you know, and, you know, you put out these beautiful children. It's like just not fair. Or, you know, or I've had friends in high school, you know, they didn't even have to lift weights. They just had the body, you know, just the, the genetics. And I was, I was a skinny beanpole. I know it don't look like it now, but I was a skinny beanpole in high school. And I'm like, God, it's not fair. And God said everything reproduces after its own kind. And then as I begin to think about that, and just little things in regards to life, you see this pattern through everything. Now, notice what the Scripture says here in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 11, and it's in the Amplified Bible. Beginning in verse 11, it says, And God said, Let the earth put forth tender vegetations, plant-yielding seeds, and fruit trees yielding fruit whose seed is in itself, and each according to its kind upon the earth. And it was so. Then the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, and trees bearing fruit in which they were seed, each according to their own kind. And God saw that it was good, and he said that he approved of it. So notice that the Bible says that there are seeds within the vegetations, within the fruits, within the plants. And for that matter, everything is produced by a seed. You and I are a byproduct of a seed, right? And therefore, he said, everything reproduces after its own kind. 
And so then God began to expand that just, and this is just kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail, if you will. But again, it goes to the point that everything reproduces after its own kind. Because I started to think back to my upbringing and different kids that I hung out with, and I didn't always hang out with the best kids. In fact, sometimes I hung out with the church kids, and they were worse than the kids that I hung out with us <laughs> at school. But anyways, I didn't always hang out with the best kids. And so one particular guy, he was a good guy, uh, but wasn't from a church home. But this particular guy, his father was a very smart man. He was an engineer, worked for General Motors, did very well to make a living. But if you went over to his house, the house was a pig pen. I mean, it was gnarly. It was nasty. I would not eat over to his house. I made the mistake one day to take a drink or get a drink, and as I'm drinking and looking in the glass, there is full of substance inside, and I was like, oh, dear God, and I never drank anything over there again. But that guy, that kid that I grew up with, He is now in the medical field, very smart, very educated, does very well for a living. But when you look at his personal life, he has reproduced what he came from. And even though he's very successful, he is a pig of a person. I mean, you go over to his house, I mean, dishes all over the counter. I mean, it's just nasty. I mean, it's like you want to sit down on the couch, but you don't want to sit down. You know what I mean? He was a byproduct or was a reproduction of what he came from, right? You know, when we think of this culture that we live in, you know, just the soul, uh, uh, I'm trying to be careful in how I say it because we got the kids in here, but just uh, charged, if you will, in promiscuity. Let's put it that way. Does that make sense? Everybody following with me? All right, so in regards to this promiscuous generation and how it is continually getting more so I can think back going back with those friends those guys that I that I hung out with and we might go back to the parents house and maybe it was the single father and the friend or maybe it was me brought a girl with us to the house and here's what the father said he said again trying to be very careful and I said have you had fun yet you fill in the blanks you know what I'm talking about So the father's looking at the girlfriend and saying, you had fun yet? And you're like, come on, man. No. And then here's what he turns around and says. He says, well, you gay then? What's up? What's the matter with you? So what I'm saying is, is that from the home, because of the influence, there's producing this mentality of promiscuity, and we see it running rampant. Well, why is that? Because it's being reproduced after its own kind. Does that make sense? You know, when we look at just life as a whole, we look at just individuals that are struggling with substance, the use of substance, or the substance abuse, and we wonder, why are there so many that struggle? I remember going, now listen, this wasn't me as a kid. I wasn't a druggie, but you know, I hung around some that were. In fact, there was a, the group of guys that I hung with. We went over to Rick and Jack's house. Now, Rick and Jack were the kind of guys that you knew if you needed anything. Rick and Jack were the guys that you go got it from. You know what I mean? And so we decided to go over to Rick and Jack's house. There was about six of us. And so we went over to their house, and it was an apartment, rather, and uh, very impoverished. This is what they grew up in. And when we got there, the mom is there, single mother. And so as we're all sitting there hanging around doing the guy thing, then the mom sits down in the midst of us, and she breaks out a joint and starts smoking the joint and then starts passing it around to all the friends. 
And you think, well, why is there a problem with substance or the substance abuse? Because oftentimes in the home, parents are promoting it. Come on, let's party. Let's have fun, guys. Come on, kids, let's do this. And then you begin to see that everything reproduces after its own kind. And you wonder why we have people that are struggling. And as a pastor, because I didn't necessarily come from that background, I look at people and thinking, dear God, what is your problem? You know why? Because that's not normal to me. But that is normal to a lot of people simply because they were a byproduct or the fruit of what they came from. Does that make sense? And so when you talk to people, they're like, I don't get it. I don't see what the problem is. That's just normal. What's up? And it's simply because what they came from. Does that make sense? Now, that would also help us as a church that you can't pass judgment or be critical on people because you don't know where they came from. We just are purposing or supposed to love people and love them through their junk and do life with them. And so that's what God's called us to do is to, to, to be those individuals that are servants and reproduce the right things, Right? So everything reproduces after its own kind. How many of you have seen individuals that struggled with money? Well, how do you think they struggle with money? You just think because they're stupid? Most of the time it was because that's, they came from an environment that struggled with money. And once again, I had another friend. Uh, his father was an engineer, once again working for General Motors. And I saw him growing up. They always had all kinds of stuff and always buying new stuff. And I was like, wow, man, must be nice to be an engineer wish my dad was an engineer. You know. <laughs> he drove a train. No, he was. <laughs> he, he was a, this, this father was an engineer. And so then I got to know this guy after his father passed away. Or we, I, I should say we continued to be friends after his father passed away. And then shortly, uh, a few years after he got married, they were in horrific financial trouble to the point that the, the, the creditors were constantly calling, and they were about to lose just about everything that they had. And I, I said to him, I said, what's going on? He says, man, we're in big trouble. I said, how did you get into this place? He says, I don't know. He said, I just never learned how to use money. I said, well, look, it seemed like your dad was always well off and did well. He says, yeah, but my dad lived from credit card to credit card. He said, we were so in the hole when my dad passed away. He said, we were in a world of hurt. And he said, I never learned how to manage money. And so I talked to him through some things, and I even suggested to him, I said, you know what, bankruptcy might be an alternative for you. And so he ended up filing for bankruptcy and clean slate, and you would think, dear God, you got a clean, fresh start, start over, be smart, and get on the right page. Within two months, they had multiple credit cards again. Seven years later, they lost their home. Simply because they were reproducing what they came from. And it's a biblical principle that says everything reproduces after its own kind. Amen? Now, how many of you know that in the industry of farming, they are constantly trying to modify the seed? Even with genetics of people, they're trying to modify the seed. They're trying to spruce it up. They're trying to make it more fertile. They're trying to make it yield more fruit. They're trying to do all kinds of things to modify the seed. But how many of you know that they have never, as much as they have the technology and the education and all the science, they have never, ever been able to produce a seed. 
They've been able to modify, but they've never, ever been able to produce a seed. Why is that? Because a seed comes from God. In the very beginning, God said, let there be things that produce seed. Right? So, for instance, here, I got several things up here. But obviously, you'll see this here. Anybody know what this is? It's an avocado. Well, how many know this is what an avocado seed looks like? Well, how many of you know that if everything reproduces after its own kind, this avocado seed is not going to produce a watermelon? What is it going to produce? Come on, man, you guys are smart, you geniuses. How many of you have ever planted a seed before? Raise your hand if you've ever planted some kind of seed. Sure, I think most of us have. Well, that tells me also, not only are you smart, but it also tells me that you're faith people. Because it takes faith to plant a seed and expect it to do something once you plant it. And so once again, we know that everything reproduces after its own kind. As I said, we got an avocado, and avocado is going to reproduce after itself. So again, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And God said, Let the earth put forth its tender vegetations, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees yielding fruit whose seeds are in itself. So remember I said that, no one has ever been able to produce a seed, only modify it or change it a little bit. You know why that is? It's because within every seed is the voice of God that said, you will reproduce after yourself. Are you tracking with me? I said, in this seed is the voice of God that said thousands of years ago, you will bear fruit and you will reproduce after your own kind. Amen? Everything that you see up here, right? We've got a watermelon. How many of you know that there's seeds on the inside of a watermelon? Now, I don't know if you like traditional watermelon. I like the seedless watermelon. Now, that doesn't mean there's not actual seeds in there. The seeds are just a little different. They're softer, right? Maybe it's been modified. I don't know. But nevertheless, there's seeds on the inside of here. On the inside of this, uh, what do you call this thing? Nectarine. Inside of this nectarine, there is a pit or a seed. And it reproduces after its own kind. Look, I'm going to do a little experiment here. This is a kiwi. My kids were seeing all these up here like, Dad, can we get some kiwi? Can we have some kiwi? I'm like, no, this is for an experiment. Can we have some kiwi, Dad? I'm like, no. Can we go buy some kiwi? I'm like, be quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> come on, you know your kids do the same thing to you, and you probably talk to your kids far more worse than I do. My <laughs> but here, look inside this kiwi. You might not be able to see it from here, but there's hundreds of seeds on the inside of this Kiwi. Now, isn't it interesting that in this piece of fruit or vegetation, whatever that thing is, it's an avocado, the seed is this big. But in this one, they're tiny. But nevertheless, they reproduce after its own kind. Amen? All right, this is a red delicious apple. Let me get it here without cutting my hand off. All right, on the inside, we got some seeds on the inside of this. If I can dig it out once again without cutting my hand off. I cut the end of my finger off, and I'm a little nervous around knives nowadays. And so 
example right there. You can't really probably see it from where you're at. But in that seed is not just an apple. In that seed is an orchard. Do you get that? Because this seed will reproduce itself, and then it will reproduce itself, and then it will reproduce itself, and it will never stop reproducing itself unless it's stopped being planted. But every time you plant a seed, every time you sow the seed, it will reproduce after itself. Amen? And it is a biblical principle. It is a biblical law that God said everything will do so. And it has to heed to the voice of God. All right? So within every seed, there is a supply. So if you just look at the seed and think, well, I don't know that that looks very nourishing. I don't know if you've ever ate the peach or the apricot and then sucked on the, the pit afterwards. Do you ever do that? I kind of hold it in my mouth, kind of chew all the rest of the other stuff off of it, bust as best as I can. You know what I mean? But nobody ever says, boy, that's a good peach pit. <laughs> nobody ever watched somebody eat, eating a peach and say, hey, are you done with that pit? Can I have it now? <laughs> It's been a long time since I had a good peach pit, man, I'm tell you. No. In the pit itself or in the seed, there is no significance, but in the seed is the supply. And it produces after its kind, right? And here's the thing. The seed does not have a choice. Did you hear that? I said one of those seeds does not have a choice. The apricot seed it can't say, you know what, I want to be a watermelon. Sorry, you're a peach pit, or whatever that is. The avocado, it can't say, you know what, I want to be a kiwi. No, it reproduces after its own kind, and it does not have a choice. Why? Because it is a biblical law or biblical principle. Can you say amen? All right, so here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 26, or beginning in verse 26. He speaks to this issue of somebody that plants seed. Or again, the Scripture oftentimes uses it as the word sow. In Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 26, and Jesus said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters or sows seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts, or gro- sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil pr- produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernels in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts, it, puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. How many of you know that the Bible says that you don't know or the farmer doesn't know how it all works? All he does is he does it by faith. But the reason he does it by faith is because when he plants the seed in every seed, God said. God said. They still don't know the miracle of how it happens, why it happens. It just happens. Why? Because God said. But then if you'll catch what Jesus said right at the very beginning, he said, this is how the kingdom of God is built or established. It is established on the very principle of sowing seed and reaping harvest. Amen. Now, if all you mommies and daddies stopped planting seed, the church would die. You get what I'm saying, right? So... 
the church, the kingdom of God, is built upon this principle. But so is everything else within the kingdom of God. It's built upon this principle, this law of sowing seed. Now, the interesting thing is, is that God talks about sowing of seed in a further direction, not just from the standpoint of physical seed, of that of fruit and vegetables, but he also talks about it in the manner of man, but he also talks about it in the manner of money. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says this, it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So God says he's not going to be mocked. There is a spiritual principle that this comes to pass every single time. And then he goes on to say in verse 9, he says, And you'll reap in due season if you don't lose heart. How many of you have ever gotten frustrated with planting seed and didn't see it come in time? Now for this little experiment, I ordered a chia pet. Now I'm going to get to my chia pet in a minute, but I planted chia pet seed for the experiment to show you something, but the seed didn't come up in time. There was a due season, but the seed hadn't come yet. But the, the Word of God says now, if you think not. So what do we oftentimes do in just life in general? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I guess it don't work. Now, I know that works. I know the chia pet works because the song says, chia. <laughs> I know it works. I've seen it happen. I mean, they've got, they, they've got the Obama afro. They got the, I mean, whatever else they got. They got, what's that, what's that painter dude? Uh, uh, he's got the afro too. Bob Ross, yes. I mean, they got all kinds of chia pets. They got Donald Trump chia pets. You know, they got them all. I've seen them work. But he says, it will come to pass in due season if you don't give up. So how many of you know that there's an element of faith in this whole principle of sowing seed took us nine months to get some fruit of some seed right probably you about the same time it's the season all right in second corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 it says now it says may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase, increase the fruit of your righteousness. So in this verse, this is kind of the tail end of the chapter. But all previously to that, God or the Apostle Paul was talking about your financial giving. And he says, now concerning your financial giving, we're calling your giving seed. Or that's what Paul is saying. And here's what he says concerning God. He says, now, it's God who supplies seed to the sower. And so, therefore, if you'll purpose to know how to farm seed, you'll get the increase of it. He, God will multiply your seed, right? Now, for the sake of individuals getting a little bit leery or like, oh, I didn't realize this is where we're going, talking about money today. <laughs> Everything is going good until you mentioned that. And I understand that in church, it's one of those things that people have difficulty talking about. I know people have said to me before, it's like, you know, aren't you afraid that new people will get offended or walk out of church or not come back because you talk about money? No. And here's why. 
Because God's not trying to get money from us. He's trying to get money to us. God is not trying to keep us under. He's trying to put us over. And so it, it does me well, and it makes me feel good as a pastor to be able to tell people about a good God that wants them to live well, not barely getting a buy, not barely just making it, but a God that loves them but has established a biblical principle or law to see that come to pass in their life. So I would much rather somebody that is new to our church to find out to say, oh, I never knew God was good like that. Well, you know, you're talking about money. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about the goodness of God in every area of our life. And for that matter, money is just a tool that God uses to bless us. Amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. I've got this apricot pit. And how many of you know that for this to produce fruit, I've got to sow it or plant it, right? Okay. I just put it in my pocket. Did I plant it? Did I sow it? Am I going to get any apricot? <laughs> I'm not. But if God likens our finances to seed, then there's a lot of us that are putting seed in our pocket and saying, God, I want to see you do something. I want to see you do some miracles. And God's saying, the seed's in your pocket. You got to sow some seed. But God, I want to see you do some miracles, God. Come on, God, you know my situation. You know my circumstance, right, God? God says, listen, I don't care. He says, if you sow a little, you reap. If you sow a lot, you still reap, right? He said, so it's not a matter of how much you have or how much you do. He said, just do something. And something produces something because everything reproduces after its own kind, Right? And so God's just looking for us to trust him. All right? So as I said, the seed that he's speaking of is referring to our financial giving. Now notice what the Bible says here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he will establish his covenant, which he has swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now, as we read that many times, people say, well, God, I need the power. God, I need the power to get some wealth. God, I need some, I need some power, man. Give me some influence. Give me a new job. Give me some power, Lord. I need some power. But that word power is not strength. That word power is actually translated as wealth. So the Bible says that God gives us wealth to get wealth. And you might say, well, I don't have a whole lot. Well, listen, then what you do have, then he says, I've given you the means to get out further or reproduce more of what you have. I've given you the power or wealth to get wealth. Amen? All right. So, as I said, currency is seed. Currency is seed. Now, here's the thing. Here's some money right here. And the thing about money is that money is made out of paper, right? How, how many of you know where paper comes from? Trees. And so really what it comes down to is we have a tree problem. Now listen, we have a tree problem because at the very beginning, when God said to Adam and Eve, he says, I've given you everything 
and I've given you seed to multiply and reproduce after its own self, and therefore I've given you everything that you need, but there's a tree that I don't want you to touch. There's a tree that I don't want you to bother because as soon as you eat that tree, he said, now all kinds of stuff is going to come in. All that junk, the curse of the fall, is now going to come and mess with your life. He said, so now there's a tree, but what did the devil do? He came and he says, boy, that tree sure looks good. Come on, ladies. You're walking down the mall and you're thinking, man, that purse sure looks good. Now, you guys, you're walking in the sporting store, and you're like, that fishing pole sure looks good, man. The devil says, man, don't it look good? And you're like, wow, that looks good. He says, man, not only is it looking good, he says, it tastes good. You ladies, you're like, man, those are so slick looking. I could, I could eat my lunch off those shoes, man. <laughs> it tastes good. Guys were like, wow, man, that fishing pole. I know it's $2,000, but, man, I tell you what, I can catch some awesome fish with that fishing pole. You know, it tastes good. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. And then it says now, God's, or the enemy says to Adam and Eve, he says, in fact, it'll even make you wise, make you like God. And therefore, he begins to point out some things and say, yeah, there's some things that you're lacking that you don't have, but this tree will get you what you don't have. Why is it that we struggle in the church with this subject called money, when God says money is just a tool that I can bless you and increase you in, the reason why we struggle with the money is because the tree is always bringing to our attention what you don't have, what you want, what you think you're missing, and therefore you'll eat of the tree from the uh, eat of the fruit of the tree that was meant to be seed. Does that make sense? And so God wants to help us to know that we're blessed. But how many of you know that you can also eat your seed? Now, as I talked about the different seeds that are up here, obviously I'm not going to chew on an avocado pit. But, you know, in these uh, seedless watermelons, they're so soft, you know, you just chew right through them. Well, see, within this watermelon is seed to reproduce after its own kind. But if I eat all those seeds, how many of you know there's nothing left to plant? But see, the Bible says that God gives you power or gives you wealth to get wealth, and he supplies seed to the sower. And oftentimes what we're doing, we say, God, I know I got a little extra, but. And God says, what if it's seed? Yeah, but God, you know, I like to, and God, I'm missing out, and God, I'm not having fun, and God this and God that. And we end up eating our seed. Well, if I eat my seed... There is no harvest or there is nothing to reproduce with seed that is eaten. And so it's a matter of being led by God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? What would you have me do? And I guarantee you God will start you out. He might start you out small, but I tell you, he's going to stretch you. Why? Because he wants you to trust him. But how many of you know that the Bible says that God doesn't leave or forsake you? He's got your back. And I realize so oftentimes when it comes to this idea of giving money to church, we struggle with it because so oftentimes we don't see the results of it immediately. But here's what the Bible says in regards to that. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, 
And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. Nobody's twisting your arms, but God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, now listen to God's part of it. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and that you would have an abundance for every good work. So God says, you can't outgive me. And he says, even if you give just a little, you still can't outgive me. He said, because I will cause my grace, my ability, my strength to come on your life that you'll have all sufficiency in all things. Now, how many of you know that all means all? It means all. It means everything. So in other words, it can affect my marriage. It can affect my kids. It can affect my health. It can affect my, my, my workplace. You know, there was a, a young lady. She's not here this morning. But she, was, uh, she actually works uh, at, at a hospital. And they were eliminating her job. And she was fretting. And actually, they were sending jobs, I think, down by Detroit. And so she's like, man, it looks like I'm going to have to go to Detroit if, if I'm going to stay with the company. And she's like, but you know what? I'm a tither. God, God, I, I've been faithful. God, I need you to do something. They came back to her a couple of weeks later and said, you know what? We're shipping all the jobs out, but we're going to keep your job and actually create a job for you here because we want you here. Come on, man. God will make a way when there seems to be no way because God says, I'm working for you. Amen. Now, when you think about it, if you recall, and I'm closing down here or wrapping up, if you recall, the, the Bible talks about Abraham. And the Bible says that God made Abraham a promise to have a family that would be international. And he says, you'll be the father of many nations, right? Now, if you recall the story of Abraham, his wife was barren. He was almost 100 years old. They couldn't have kids. And he's like, okay, God, this is an impossible situation. This is impossible. But God, I trust you. Now, let me ask you a question. My avocado seed, I put it on that cinder block. Can I grow avocado on that cinder block? It's impossible, isn't it? See you, Mr. Avocado Seed. It's impossible, isn't it? Where's my seed? Other seed. I'll put my other seed up there. There we go. That'll stay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, so there's my seeds. It's an impossible situation to grow seed on a cinder block. Abraham said to God, it's impossible. But God said, with me, everything is possible. And finally, he had a son. You remember that? But once he had a son, God said, now, here's part of the bargain. He said, I told, I told you I would make you the father of many nations. So not just this one son, not just this one seed. He said, but multiple seeds. But he says, now, here's what I ask you to do. He said, I want you to give me your son. Sacrifice him. And again, for the sake of the story, we won't get into it. But he offered him up. He was getting ready to kill his son because God asked for him. But here's what God, he said to God. He says, I don't know what you're doing. I know what you promised. And, and if you have to raise him from the dead, I know that you'll honor your word. 
So an impossible situation of trying to plant a seed in material that is impossible to grow seed. That chia pet is made out of the same materials. But tell me it's impossible now. See, with God, all things are possible. Amen. So when you're looking around and saying, God, I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know, God, if you're faithful. I don't know if I can trust you. Let me tell you, God can turn impossible situations into, situ- impossible situations into the possible. Amen? You'll never plant seed that won't reproduce after its own kind. The seed doesn't have a choice. Now, I know I kind of hit it from many different angles. But for that matter, whatever you sow. If you sow a bad attitude, if you sow dishonesty, if you sow laziness, whatever you sow. God says, for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. God's given us his word and his promise. He's given us a spiritual law that says it works every time. But how many of you know there's seasons for harvest? I just believe that we're in a season to see God do some amazing things. Amen. He's already done it. He's continuing to do it. But listen, don't step back, don't stand back and watch somebody else reap their harvest get in the game God's got a harvest for you what do you need God to do come on some of you got situations that you're needing answers you're needing God to move in those situations I believe that God can make the impossible possible because he's that kind of God amen let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed I want you just to think of your situation right now, whatever it might be. Maybe it's physical health. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's something going on with your children. Maybe it's a job or the concern of a job. Maybe it's your finances. Here's one thing that I know, that God is faithful. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over your situations. I'm going to pray pray a generic prayer, but here's what my prayer is going to do. It's going to prepare the soil of your life in that area to begin and be ready to receive the seed. And then you ask God, God, what is my seed? What do I need to plant? What do I need to sow? I'm not telling you what it is. I'm not telling you that it's got to be money. I'm telling you, follow the leading of the Lord. Are you ready? Come on. Picture. Picture your field. Picture your life. Picture your need. Because the soil is getting ready to receive right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person in this place, those that would be listening online. For God, there is no distance in time or space. So, God, I pray for every single hearing audience person that whatever their need be, 
God, whether it be physical, mental, marital, relational, their family, their children, whether it be something in their life that they just have need of. Yeah. If you need a vehicle, God can provide a vehicle. If that's you, just say, God, I receive it. If you need help and you need God just to move in the area of your job or finances, in Jesus' name, we speak to the soil of every single person. And I thank you, Father, that whatever weeds have been there, whatever has ever choked out the harvest, no, we uproot it right now. We command it to stop. We call it dead in Jesus' name. And therefore, we cultivate right choices. We cultivate obedience in you. We follow you. We listen to you. And Father, as a result of the seed or or the soil being fertile and ready, Right now, you give us direction as to what seed to sow in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you that as we plant that seed, it produces a harvest. And not just a one time, but a multiplication of increase in every area in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life